your book, darling, but I can't let him have it. So we're out here today for two reasons, right? One is to stand in solidarity with Charlottesville and the tragedy that took place there. The second is because we know that these neo-Nazis, these alt-right folks are on their way to Berkeley and San Francisco on the 26th and 27th. And opposed to waiting to those days to come out in droves and tell them they are not welcome here, we figured we'd start now. This pain is an old pain. This is not new. And a lot of people are up in arms because they feel like their privilege is in jeopardy, right? But we've been facing this forever. This is the same pain that we've been experiencing since slave ships touched down in Africa. And we know that they troll our internet sites and our news cycles, so hopefully they are reading and watching this as it happens. As we send a very clear message, you are not welcome in the Bay. We are not scared of you. in this false education in the United States of America has been founded on a lie. And I'm so sick and tired, I've been watching the news the last few days, and people keep talking about all these great Americans that this country is founded on. Talking about Thomas Jefferson, who owned slaves. Talking about George Washington, who owned slaves. What we are dealing with right now is the legacy of this country. It is a legacy of a country that has built itself upon the plunder and the destruction of black bodies and native bodies, and it's time for us to start telling the truth. This shirt that I'm wearing, it says, Oakland police killed a thousand Trayvons. Every time. Every time people stand by and watch a black or brown brother, sister, person killed by white supremacist law enforcement and think, oh, oh, oh well, that emboldens these white power people, these neo-Nazis. Every time that a city planning commission meets and says, oh, we can just get rid of that black neighborhood. We're going to build a new business district. That emboldens these white power extremists. And those people are white power extremists too. And they are killing our communities as well. There is no separation. When Trump got into office, there were some key things that took place. And we saw this progression happening while he was on the campaign trail. These are the same forces that were providing security during the rallies. These are the same forces that were assaulting black women in these rallies. The same forces that Donald Trump said, get him out of here. Hit him again. Because see, the case I want to state 
is that these forces are surrogates of the state. That's important. We all need to have eyes in our head and say, no, it's not okay what's happening in this country. In Kentucky, in the last weekend of April, there was a uh, Nationalist Front meetup, but I've never seen anything like what I saw in the streets of Pikeville, Kentucky. And a lot of those same folks that arrived in a 30-car caravan with police escorts marched in with rifles because it's an open carry state, just like in Charlottesville. Those folks came and they plugged their sound system into the county courthouse. The state gave them power to have their free speech. They were outnumbered by mm, maybe 20 counter-protesters. And we stood there in a tense standoff and yeah, everyone had their First Amendment rights. And the locals came out and they were appalled. It's time to say no. You don't get to have space in a town to promote an agenda of white supremacy. Yeah. They use paramilitary forces to crush dissenters. That's what's happening. Be clear on that. When he got into office, he took them off the terrorist watch list. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He took them off of the watch list. Why is that important? That's a sure indicator that the objective was to give them cover and unleash them on our asses. So he's using them as shock troops to get us in line. And I saw something I've never seen before in the Bay Area. Maybe in San Francisco, but not in Oakland. Not walking bravely down the streets of Oakland. And that was two skinheads with the laces and the cobwebs and the tats, the whole thing. And they stopped, and I stopped, and he stared at me, and I stared at him. Motherfucker, you don't scare me, right? I had somebody tell me that if we did a proper analysis of what happened to folks during these different periods when white supremacist organizations, slave owners, and the like were perpetrating violence, it would be a horror movie unlike anything you've ever seen. Because the movies, the books, and the stories that are told don't even begin to get in the into the levels of heinous violence that these people have perpetrated. So it tells you everything about what's happening with the current administration in this smash and grab phase. That there's a attempt to create a fallacious parallel between the people who have stood in defense and opposition to this. Lastly, what I want to say to all of our white allies and sisters and brothers out here, if you're down with people of color, then we want to see you on the front lines resisting these white Nazis and KKK folks that want to bring a threat against black and brown and native people. 
Say it with me. If they touch any, they got to deal with the many. If they touch any, they got to deal with the many. If they touch any, they got to deal with the many. Make it a reality, not just a mantra. Because what the news does not report, right, what the news has not reported is that every time they let those hate-filled bastards into Berkeley, at night after the rallies were over, a lesbian couple was attacked. Black people were attacked. Muslim people were attacked. Businesses that had Black Lives Matter in the windows had their windows broken. So their free speech led directly to violence impacted on our most marginalized community. Fuck your free speech, I want sanctuary. We're coming back, y'all. They're coming back to 26 and the 27th. We gotta be ready. We hope to see you Wednesday night. You can take that model and build it in your neighborhood, on your block, in your community. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Review. This is Roman. It is Friday, August 25th, 2017. We are here live at Mutiny Radio in the Mission District in San Francisco. I just played um, an excerpt from a rally that happened, as was posted on August 13th, um, from the anti police terror project and that was cat brooks among with many other speakers uh giving some background and wanting to let folks know what's happening and what has been happening here for a long time and a lot of what we're seeing is nothing new just different ways of it showing up and that it has and uh i don't even know where to begin aside from feeling very angry and very hurt and scared and sad and a lot of these these feelings come from, you know, feelings I've had for a long time, certainly before 2016 and always being, or as long as I can remember, and always, you know, we're constantly learning new things. And that's very important to continue to evolve and grow and to challenge what we've been taught, absolutely. And at the same time, um, finding that people who I maybe thought were supportive are not supportive. And I'm particularly talking about folks in the me who call themselves moderate or liberal or the folks who really want to defend Nazis' right to free speech, which, as we hear and as we have witnessed, is, should not be protected. And I, I've read a lot of great points about this as well, in addition just to my own feelings and my friends' feelings and the idea that folks need to be safe. And for people who defend, uh, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're playing bodyguards. You're, uh, it's like devil's advocate. They're, they're saying people who are, are quote-unquote moderate or wanting to look at the quote-unquote both sides are ignoring the violence that has existed here for a very long time. And the violence that is continuing to happen. And even this morning, I, when I wake up in the morning, I try to meditate. That's usually the best thing I can do. And I did meditate, although I unfortunately checked the internet first, which is never a good idea unless somehow you receive good news online, which does happen occasionally. Uh, I don't know. I tend to just read what folks are posting and it's like, oh, so there's the mayor of Piedmont and Piedmont's a very conservative town here in the Bay area. The mayor said a lot of really discriminatory, horrible shit. And then acted like a victim when people were upset about it as people should rightfully be upset about it. There was a a gay sex worker who was attacked and thankfully he fought back against um, who he believes to be two white supremacists who were in town for the rally, who kind of lured him or booked him as a client. He, one of them had booked him and then tried to attack him. There are, the, there's more and more uh, trigger warning uh, talking about what's happening in the world. And I, 
I feel both online and with the show, I want to provide what's happening and then also provide a warning because a lot of it is triggering. And it's the, I feel like the people who aren't listening are the ones who should be listening. And the people who are listening are the ones who already are aware of all the terror that happens because it's happening to us and it's happening to our friends and our families. And so I kind of have this balance of like, oh, I heard about this other terrible thing and wanting to warn people about it or at least give it a name and at the same time not go on about this, all this list of, of really horrific things that are happening to prove that it's true because people, people are still denying that it's happening. And that's always been the case. When folks talk about people being murdered by police, people still make excuses. People victim blame. People gaslight. This has happened before 2016. It's nothing new. We're just seeing it amped up, and now more people are paying attention, and people are still playing the same stupid fucking games. How exhausting is it to have to advocate for your own humanity and your own life? It shouldn't be a discussion as to whether or not people deserve to live. It's so enraging. And I know I'm not alone in this. And it's difficult to find the language for it, too. Part of it, I think, is we're brought up to not talk about what's happening or to deny it, to pretend that everything's okay, and then also to deny our feelings. And I think certainly for folks who are socialized as men, there's that idea of not actually talking about what's happening. I think there's just problems with socialization all, no matter who, no matter who you are. But particularly with toxic masculinity, which is the fucking crime in a lot of these things, fucking men who feel so fucking fragile, they have to push someone else down to feel better about themselves. That's what we're seeing time and time again. You know, it's, life isn't fucking easy. But you don't have to push someone else down to feel better. And maybe if more people realize that, we wouldn't be at where we're at today. So, that being said, we will be having a couple guests coming in. Uh, one comrade will be coming in, talking a little bit about how what folks can do to prepare. I mean, it's, I know, it, it's a, wording is tricky. How does one really prepare for something that we don't know what's going to happen exactly? But just some tips and some information that will hopefully help folks who are planning to go out to various points this weekend, some things to keep in mind. Uh, it's important to share information. It cannot hurt and again, you know, I'm not providing legal advice here, but more just from going around and talking with folks, especially people who've been doing this for a long time, it's important for us to, to share the information that we do know so we can do our best to keep each other safe. And also later on in the program, around 1 p.m., we'll be uh, talking with Shay Horse, who is a photojournalist who was in Boston and Charlottesville recently. And Shay will be talking about their experience with that. So... There's a lot, and I think there's also a lot we can learn from what happened in other places. And of course, every, every situation is different. There will be some things in common, some things not. And, and in Boston, you know, recently, folks, many folks were arrested. And positive side, uh, folks outnumbered the fascists, and they, they decided to leave. And many folks decided to uh, cancel some of their, their Islamophobic protests that they had planned in many states, I think, I think 36 states, they were saying they had planned protests that they decided to cancel because so many people came out to oppose them. And I think that's also what needs to happen. And obviously do what you need to do to protect yourself. And this is also just a call for able-bodied white folks to fucking show up. So it's good to have an outlet, right? And a lot of my anger comes from 
it is definitely from some fear. And a lot of it's, I think, epigenetics, you know, knowing what some of our ancestors went through. And it's the same thing coming out again. And the idea is that you prevent it from happening again. That's the idea. One would hope, hey, this already happened. Let's stop it from happening. And we're seeing it happen. We're seeing all these signs happening. And people are ignoring them. Or they're, they're saying, oh, no, it's not so bad. Or they're making excuses. Or they're, they're, they're feeding into what these fascists are, try, are pretending to say. Oh, we're not so bad. Yeah, you fucking are bad. That's a judgment statement, and it's a true statement. If you're trying to fucking kill us, that's a bad thing. The fact that we even have to fucking waste time talking about it is just beyond me. And again, you know, I think about, okay, who would I be if I wasn't, you know, fighting all these fights? And I get that there's nothing that we actually have to do, right? But I also can't sleep at night if I'm not doing something. It, it doesn't sit well with me. If I have the opportunity or the platform or the privilege to speak up, I'm going to. And if folks could maybe share their resources a bit more and their privilege a bit more, maybe we could put a, an end to this. Not maybe, we could. We could. I mean, the work can be done, and I get that there's sacrifices, and I get that it's, it's frightening. But it's also, life is frightening for a lot of people on a daily fucking basis. So that's part of the reason I'm here. And I, I would love, I say this all the time, I'd love to be proven wrong. I would love it. I would love to oh, have two hours a week to say whatever I want. I mean, that's the thing. It's not like I have to come here and do this show. I could do anything I want to do with these two hours. I could play music, and I do play some music, I and mean, we'll be hearing some good Dead Kennedy songs and some other punk songs and good songs uh, that kind of get the message across while we're here today. I would love to, to sit here and make jokes and, uh, I don't know, I'd love to make people feel better. Um, that would be great. That's part of my, one of my goals in the world is I want to like uplift people, and at the same time, I can't uplift people if I myself am feeling pretty frightened. And I also recognize many comrades of mine. I can't speak for anyone else, but I do know the general consensus is folks are uneasy. That's putting it mildly. I don't have a lot of trust in law enforcement. I don't have trust in politicians. Again, I'd love to be proven wrong. I would love it. I, my, my, I value my life and my friend's life far more than I value my ego. I don't need to be proven right. It's important to be practical, though, and to recognize when we're not going to be protected. And for folks who have been to previous protests, we know that the cops are not our friends. And they'll side with the fascists. And then I think about the white supremacists who are arrested, thinking about that and if that would be a thing, if they were actually to go after them as much as they go after folks who protest them, as much as they go after the anti-fascists. Because yes, there are some white supremacists who are arrested, yet the numbers are very small compared to quote-unquote peaceful protesters or the people who are defending their lives. Or how about the, the J20 attendees, the 200 people who were arrested for protesting the inauguration, some folks who were reporters and journalists, they're arrested, yet there's white supremacists who kind of just are walking around. And there's white supremacists who are elected into office. There's white supremacists who are mayors of Piedmont. So I would love to have faith in some kind of system. I would. <laughs> I really would. 
and I don't have I have more questions than answers and I recognize that this is a struggle that's been going on for a long time and this is only my opinion and I encourage folks to keep on questioning the system and to, to see if we can provide alternatives because what's happening right now isn't working or maybe I guess there's a saying that the system is working as it's designed to and that's to not actually be for the people so we need to have another way of being. I'll give a little brief analysis of kind of, not analysis, uh, analogy of what happened on my way here. And granted, my, my mind has been a little bit foggy. Um, I'm, pretty, I'm a very pretty safe cyclist. I've been bicycling for a long time. Bicycled in New York, bicycle here in the Bay Area. Um, not that I haven't gotten into accidents here and there, but I'm very cautious. I'm a good bicyclist. I feel like I'm about to quote Rain Man, which is terrible. Anyway, uh, pretty good. And I was bicycling down here the normal way I do. And uh, I see a car kind of coming up to make a turn and getting dangerously close to me. And I had to stop for a second because I, I started questioning myself. I'm like, wait a second, am I not right? And you know, I look down, I'm in the bike lane. I look up, there's a green light. So I had to totally have the right of way. And this car was kind of just inching towards me, not, maybe they didn't see me, maybe they weren't paying attention. And so I screamed because I was like, A, scared for my life. And B, like, what the fuck are you doing? And also we don't have... Some of us don't have horns on our, our bikes. And those of us who maybe have like a bell, even when I've had a bell, I don't, it's quicker for me to yell pretty much to get driver's attention. So I yelled at this driver and I guess he hadn't seen me at all. And uh, there was a guy on the sidewalk who then told me to chill because uh, he thought I was overreacting. Now, I don't know if you've ever almost been hit by a car, but I think any way you react to that is, is valid. And I feel like that's just an analogy for what's happening. Folks are in danger. And when people react, some folks are kind of telling us that we're reacting too much or that we shouldn't uh, react as we are. And that to me just proves to be really upsetting. So that was just one thing that happened that I would share. So we're going to take a bit of a music break and we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Mutiny Radio uh, and stay tuned for more show. Fence. 
I'm at the up in your dollars with telekinesis. I done tried every day and that shit decreases. Anti-anti-crime bill pieces. We need cash and it's the anti-thesis. I'm pro-overthrow of the hip-hop nation. Pro laying low till I'm on probation. Pro people control of the cash and corporations. Pro prophylactic, yet procreation. Anti-water down drinks in fancy cups. Anti-promoters who don't anti up, but I'm not anti-club. I know that power is the most effective anti-drug. I'm pro Zapatista, pro Cuba, Viva, pro Larissa, saying fuck La Migra. Policia say Asesina. Let me show you what I mean. I'm anti-Republican and Democratic. If they self-destruct, that's anti-climatic. Tired of being hunted like an antelope. Take the system by the throat. That's the antidote. So I pose a proposition. Take a look, be in support of opposition. You'll be proactive, proceed with confidence. Cause you know that you can't change shit by riding the fence. Ride the fence. Now you don't really want to ride the fence. Now do you really want to ride the fence? But what you really want to ride the fence? Don't ride the fence. Ride the fence. Now you don't really want to ride the fence. Now what you really want to ride the fence? But what you really want to ride the fence? Don't ride the fence.
Welcome back to the weekly review. I'm joined here by Gwen Park. Gwen, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Roman. Yeah, so we've got this upcoming rally, or two rallies actually, on Saturday and on Sunday. The Saturday is at Chrissy Field with this right wing uh, white supremacist group, um, and so many folks are going to counter protest. And I thought it might be good just to talk about for um, things we can do. I guess best to prepare for folks who are planning to show up and for what folks in San Francisco can expect. Yeah, so um, one thing about this rally is that it's going to be, it's likely to be very unlike anything else that we've ever seen before in the city. Um, You know, like a lot of us have gone to like tons of things and, you know, like we're we're pretty seasoned with various things, but this one are, you know, like uh, whatever you want to call them, fascists, Nazis, um, fuckers, basically. Um, they're coming and, uh, you know, they are an extremely violent people. So, um, yeah, this one's going to be potentially, uh, really intense and, um, and this goes for, um, you know, both, uh, San Francisco and Berkeley. Um, but yeah, but be prepared cause it's going to be, um, it's going to be really different. Um, and as far as like, uh, other things, safety concerns and things, there are, there, I have a whole list on my um, Facebook page of, uh, I've been compiling information, um, and unfortunately, because of Facebook, I can't give you an easy link. Oh, sure, sure. But I would say just uh, go to Facebook and look for Gwen Park, 
Um, and somewhere on there, it's a public post. Um, you'll find uh, the various things about it. I'll see if later I can like repost it or something. Yeah, so we can also towards share the top. It. Yeah, but basically, um, the big things are going to be, um, you know, this is potentially dangerous. So we want to keep everyone safe. Um, traveling groups, use the buddy system. Um, <clears throat> and there are some more specifics about that um, that you can read about. Uh, <clears throat> you want to make sure to just look out for each other and keep each other safe. Um, this is a thing where we all have to come together. Like, you know, like we on the left have our differences, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. This is one of those like, yeah, at least for, you know, a day or so, you know, like mm -hmm. just kind of put those things aside because this is a much bigger issue. Yes. So um, we need to really look out for each other and take care of each other. Um, big things are to stay calm. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be, if things get intense, you know, like uh, I went to a safety training the other night and one thing, for example, is they were talking about like if a potential stampede happens, yeah. um, what do you do? Yeah. And, um, you know, the natural instinct is to run. Right. Um, and they were saying that that's actually one of the worst things you can do because mm -hmm. um, the stampede will probably create more injuries yeah. than um, the actual whatever else is going on. Yes. So one good way to handle that is... People, when they're panicked, are looking for someone in authority, mm -hmm. they're, and they respond to commands well. Yeah. So um, rather than running with the crowd, turn around, face the crowd, hold your hands up, and calmly but firmly say, stop running. Yeah. Um, and just repeat it. Um, and look people in the eye so that they know you're singling them out, yeah. rather than being like, everyone, everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Get specific people. Other people will start coming down, and mm -hmm. they'll start helping you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a good way to just sort of like help um, help others stay calm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Yeah, um, and another thing to um, be careful about with this protest is that um, the cops or the feds—I'm not sure which—are they're um, searching everyone who mm -hmm. goes in. There's only one entrance. Um, it's the one entrance is uh, the Marina Gate, mm -hmm. which uh, I think that's the eastmost. Um, there's info online to find it, mm -hmm. but um, everyone is going to be going through there. Um, everyone is going to be searched. There's a big list of prohibited items. Yeah. Um, you can find the specifics online, mm -hmm. but uh, the few things I'll call out are um, backpacks. Um, they will not allow backpacks that are larger than a certain size, so mm -hmm. make sure that if you bring a backpack that it is small enough. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> no weapons. Um, nothing. Nothing that be that they think is a weapon either. Mm -hmm. So um, at Berkeley earlier this year, I heard that the cops were confiscating bagels as yeah. potential weapons. Yeah, and like water bottles too. Yeah, yeah. and the water bottle thing is a good thing because uh, um, they are only allowing in factory-sealed water bottles. Uh -huh. um, no other liquids at all. Um, and so, I mean, generally with belongings, um, the rule of thumb is... Don't bring something unless you're okay having it lost. Yeah. Um, so don't bring anything like, you know, expensive. Um, don't bring anything like, you know, like that's super sentimental. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, and then with signs, um, <clears throat> signs have to be uh, of a certain size or they won't be allowed in. Mm -hmm. um, and they will not allow poles or, you know, any sort of thing to it because yeah. um, they don't want them used as weapons. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for those things specifically, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, other things to be wa to watch out for, this is another sneaky one, which is um, <clears throat> most people are um, thinking it's unlikely that there's going to be tear gas or pepper spray. Mm -hmm. But in the unlikely event that those things uh, happen or are launched or whatever the right term yeah. is to say that, um, <clears throat> oil-based products, makeup, sunscreen, moisturizer, all of that stuff, that stuff, uh, particles stick to it. Oh. So basically, like, uh, if that stuff is deployed and you have, like, you know, like this fabulous lipstick on uh -huh. that's oil-based, it's going to stick to your lips. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So it's just um, uh, be super, super careful about the products you use because mm -hmm. um, uh, it's going to hurt like fuck if, uh, if that happens. And if you have never been pepper sprayed or tear gas before... <clears throat> um, and just to be clear, I have not. Mm -hmm. So um, this is coming from other sources. Yeah, um, It's going to feel like you're about to die. You're going to feel really like shit ton of pain. And mm -hmm. um, you're going to think you're going to die and you're going to go into a panic. Um, the best thing to do is just kind of tell yourself over and over again, I'm not going to die. Mm -hmm. This fucking sucks. This is the worst. This is whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm not going to die. Yeah. Um, and just the panic, um, the panic thing is a big thing. Just, you know, the, the, um, the more you can do to stay calm, the better it is both for yourself and for others. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just, uh, yeah, those are kind of some, some things and I'll, uh, <clears throat> I'll let you talk while I look through my, oh. uh, <laughs> Facebook thing sure. to see other things sure. I forgot. And I heard something else too, is to, in case for folks who might get arrested, it's important to have your ID on you. Um, because there's something about like a 72 hour, like they have to, I forget exactly what it is within 72 hours, but in the, if you don't have your ID, they can't start the 72 hour process of then like, uh, being able to release you. There's some, uh, um, <clears throat> there's some mixed opinions about, um, carrying your ID on you. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked to someone at the safety training the other night and what they were telling me is that, um, <clears throat> uh, something like that is possible. Yeah. But, um, one thing that is also possible if you're in a group of, let's say like, uh, six to eight people yeah. and all of you do not have an ID mm -hmm. <clears throat> that forces the cops to do more paperwork Oh, and um, cops or most cops hate doing paperwork. Uh -huh. And so there is a chance that, you know, like if you don't have your ID and this only goes for groups, if sure. it's just yourself, mm -hmm. then, you know, they're more likely to nab you. But um, for groups, like if they have to process paperwork for like, you know, six to eight people without their IDs, um, there is a chance that they'll just be like, fuck it, just, you know, just go, whatever. Mm -hmm. And of course, it also helps, like, if you look harmless. Um, and that was another tip that I got at the safety training is mm -hmm. um, try to look as harmless as possible, um, both for the um, the fascists and the cops. Mm -hmm. um, fascists are very aware of optics these days. Yeah. And it looks really bad if you have, like, this big, tough dude with a weapon who's attacking someone who looks really helpless. Yeah. And... Um, so they generally, um, and this only goes for at the event itself, not mm -hmm. after. Mm -hmm. At the event itself, they target people who, you know, will look good, like, you know, like, you know, like this fucker's attacking me. I'm the victim. Yeah. Um, rather than like, you know, like um, <clears throat> someone who, uh, you know, someone who 
doesn't look like, you know, like a match for them physically. Yes. Um, So things like, you know, wearing bright colors is good. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely like don't wear all black because both cops and um, fascists will think that you're black block. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you wear black, accessorize, you know, just wear like, Mm -hmm. you know, like fluorescent stuff, wear like rainbows, you know, like make yourself look as gay and fabulous as possible. Mm -hmm. Just um, something so that it's like, I am harmless, I am peaceful, um, and, um, you know, and this one I should have said at the very beginning, but um, don't initiate violence. Right. Don't ever start violence. Um, You know, if you're attacked, obviously do what you need to do to defend Mm -hmm. yourself, you know, or help others who are being attacked, but do not initiate violence. Mm -hmm. Um, Both, you know, like, both because I personally don't think it's like, you know, a particularly good thing to do but it's also horrible for optics Mm -hmm. so and a lot of this is um in my opinion this uh this whole weekend isn't just about san francisco and berkeley and the bay area yeah um it's part of a larger thing yes and so yeah it's just you know i mean i was so inspired by seeing what uh boston's response Mm -hmm. vancouver's response Mm, you know just about uh, vancouver Vancouver got like, you know, like was similar to Boston. Mm-hmm. I think it happened the same day. Mm-hmm. And they basically had like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know what the numbers are, like 10,000, 20,000, whatever people come yeah. out and just shut the fascists down, mm-hmm. just like they did at uh, in Boston. Mm. Um, and so seeing these images on social media, yeah. you know, just seeing all this stuff is just like, holy fuck, yeah. this is amazing. Yes. You yeah. Know? And it's also important that, like, you know, like, those images, as far as optics go, you know, like, getting diversity Mm -hmm. is really great, because people really want to see themselves. Yes. And so, like, if you see someone else who's trans there, you'll be like, yes, trans people are fighting back. Mm -hmm. We are not victims. Mm -hmm. You know, if you see someone who's black and you're black, you know, if you're Muslim and you're, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's sort of fucked up that we have to think about this, but do think about the optics. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, at the safety training, they gave us, uh, <clears throat> they said we have four goals for this weekend. Mm-hmm. One, let me see if I can remember them. One is uh, get home safe. Yes. Um, we do not need martyrs. This is um, <clears throat> this is a long-term thing. We're mm-hmm. going to be doing this many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would rather have you than you as a martyr. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, uh, the second one, I don't remember. The, th- <laughs> uh, the third one is to uh, inspire um, other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like things like Boston, that yeah. personally inspired me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also the flip side of that is to, um, I can't think of the antonym for inspire right now, but de-inspire. Um, fascist. Yes. Yeah. Um, after Boston, like I think like sixty three or I don't know what the exact number is, but a bunch were yes, canceled. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just you know like basically just trying to shut them down. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I, off the top of my head, I can't remember what the other goals are, but mm-hmm. basically just you know like definitely like uh, keep yourself safe, <clears throat> keep your people safe, mm-hmm. and um. There, um, one of the big things, uh, this probably won't be a concern at Chrissy Field because mm-hmm. of the layout, but, um, 
you know, like now we have to worry about vehicular attacks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and in the event of something like that, or, <clears throat> excuse me, or a gunshot or, you know, anything that requires split section, split second, um, decision making, mm -hmm. um, it's totally okay to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you can't help someone, you know, you need to save yourself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> obviously like, you know, like if you can help someone, help someone. Yes. But, um, but yeah, but, uh, you know, if it comes down to it, you know, save yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like the plain thing about like, you know, like put your mask on yes. before your child. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. I also heard there are going to be definitely going to be medics there, which is important. And for, for folks need a medic just to yell medic is yeah. important to do. Yeah. Um, if you need a medic, um, uh, there are going to be a lot of medics there. Um, the medics are, um, going to do what they can to try to get things through the checkpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, often at past actions, uh, similar to this, um, the cops will let medics go through with, uh, you know, with their supplies because yeah. they're clearly medical supplies. Right. Um, it's not a guarantee though. Things do get confiscated. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, um, <clears throat> but, um, there'll be a bunch of medics around just uh, shout out medic. Um, try to, you know, again, stay calm when you're doing it. Um, uh, along the lines of, uh, um, you know, just, uh, if you know general first aid, mm -hmm. um, you know, like just do the very basics and, um, shout out medic. Yeah. Um, don't try to do anything, you know, you don't actually really know how to do. Yes. Um, and one specific about things like stabbings. Yeah. Um, cause that, um, is a very like, you know, emergency, someone has to do something immediately mm -hmm. kind of situation. Um, <clears throat> if someone is stabbed, um, what you want to do is you want to try to apply pressure to the wound. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you have some sort of barrier, um, you know, gauze pads, uh, your shirt, a bandana, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever, you know, like use the, use that kind of barrier, mm -hmm. but using your hands is better than nothing. Yes. Um, and just apply pressure to the, the wound yeah. while, um, some, you know, someone, preferably someone other than yourself is trying to corral a medic. Yeah. Um, and the medical come, they'll take over, um, and medics are not shy about, um, telling people what to do. Mm -hmm. So if a medic is telling you something, listen to them. Yes. Yeah. And I also remember reading about from Charlottesville, some of the medics saying that sometimes cops can interfere with medics doing their work. So it's also important for folks to have medics back, whether that means just making sure people don't take photos of, or just even protecting the medics from other folks kind of coming through, even just take photos or people trying to disrupt what the medics are doing. Yeah, totally. It's, um, uh, you can block the, um, you know, try to run interference if it's the cops, if it's the fascists, um, fascists often try to, um, <clears throat> to get photos of people to try to dox them. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a slightly different situation, but mm -hmm. do what you can, you know, like start out like, you know, like de-escalation techniques first, yeah. you know, like don't like immediately jump to like, I'm going to punch a Nazi. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll, like we'll it's keep just those like, thoughts to ourselves. <clears throat> yeah, totally. It's you're going to be feeling it, um, but you know, just block them with your body. Mm -hmm. um, if it's media who does it, media often likes to get um, uh, images of uh, people who are injured mm -hmm. um, being cared for. Um, you know, same techniques. Um, protest signs are a great blocker. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the thing to the, the thing about media um, is that uh, their gear is really fucking expensive. Uh-huh. So if you start like reaching for their lens, uh-huh. you know, and I say this as a video person, um, if you start going towards your lens, they're probably going to reflexively be like, whoa, what's going on? Because um, that stuff's like, you know, like especially for their level, it's probably like, you know, like it's a $5,000 lens or a $10,000 lens. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, that's not including the camera and stuff. So um, that's not something I recommend in all situations. Yeah. But um, if you need to do something like that, that is a possible technique. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Um, yeah. Uh, diversity of tactics. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's just, you know, like definitely have each other's back in all situations, mm-hmm. particularly if, um, you know, like someone's trying to, um, <clears throat> trying to prevent a medic from doing their job. Yeah. Um, the rumor going on about, um, Charlottesville was that that's what happened with, uh, Heather Hoyer, mm-hmm. that the cops were just like, they shoot everyone away. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was only like the one medic who was basically just like, no, I'm not fucking leaving my patient. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do what you can. Um, and you know, even in that situation, again, consider your own personal safety as well. Yeah. It's not a cut and dried, like, you know, like yeah everything you know and that's kind of what it feels like this whole weekend is is just Mm -hmm. like it's not uh you know like black and white um you know good or bad well there is (laughs) (laughs) but you know yeah you you, i hopefully you get what i'm trying to say absolutely yeah it's the one time the binary actually is valid i think in a lot of ways yeah yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) one of the very few times yeah so i think something else to discuss is just in terms of people getting home safe because i think that's also a concern for people yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually one of the most dangerous times. Um, uh, so a lot of the stuff that keeps you safe at the event um, makes you more vulnerable afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, fascists target people, um, small groups, um, basically trying to start shit. Their most common tactic is to try to get a reaction out of you mm-hmm. so that they can film it and mm-hmm. edit it. And, you know, basically use it for, like, really bad shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, <clears throat> so if people try to provoke you, um, don't react. You know, if people are saying, like, really racist, like, awful, terrible shit to you, walk away. You know, mm-hmm. like, don't um, don't engage with them because um, they're trying to get a reaction out of you. Yeah. And they're trying to do all this. Um, if it comes to violence... That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, uh, to keep yourself safe, um, travel in groups, mm-hmm. use the buddy system, mm-hmm. um, with buddies also make sure that, um, the buddy you have is similar to you in terms of, uh, what you're willing to do or what you want to do. Yes. So for example, if you're a person who's like, I want to be on the front lines and your mm-hmm. buddy is, um, you know, like, no, I just want to be there as a body. Yes. Maybe find another buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, make sure to like, you know, like, uh, another good tip is to like stay, um, if you can organize in groups of about like six to eight, mm-hmm. um, and have all of you, um, kind of, uh, checking in on each other. Yeah. Um, there's a whole lot more we can go into about that, but I do want to get back to the getting home safe. Oh yes. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, that's like a, a big thing. Um, <clears throat> Muni is, uh, shutting down at noon. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I just found out right before this that they're going to be running shuttles mm-hmm. from, uh, Marina Boulevard to the ferry building. Okay. Um, so, um, 
So that's an option that helps. Um, you want to make sure that you have at least two ways to get home mm -hmm. in case your first option is inaccessible. Yes. Um, so, yeah, just don't be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to take the bus and that'll be fine. Because, um, yeah, there's a ton that can go wrong with that. Right. So just be like, all right, plan B, plan A, you know, like I parked my car here. I'm taking that. Oh, no, there's a riot going on. I cannot get to my car. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go take the bus, plan B, you know, stuff like that. And, yeah. And, again, I just really want to stress, like, traveling groups, mm -hmm. um, the fascists will also target, uh, like, you know, like, uh, pairs. Okay. So, um, if you can get a group that's larger than two, yes. um, <clears throat> stick to public streets, well mm -hmm. lit, you know, like people, you know, things like that. A lot of this stuff happens like, you know, like, uh, out of like the public light, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause it's just, they can do their shit whatever. And there's no one to kind of step in and intervene or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So, um, Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and regarding that night in particular, um, <clears throat> there's a really nasty boxing match that's happening that night. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's like, there's all this racist shit around it. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's going to be, uh, that's potentially going to rile, you know, rile them up. Mm -hmm. And so like, I know a lot of people are really concerned about Berkeley the next day yes. because, um, no one knows what's going to happen, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there that could just like inflame them even more. Right. Um, no matter and, what happens. Right. No matter what happens. Yeah. And um, they also uh, they like to target buildings that businesses that have signs that say like Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. So you know, like just because the event ends doesn't mean it's over. Yes. Yeah. yeah played the clip earlier of Cat Brooks talking about what happened after the previous rallies in Berkeley about how people were attacked and businesses that had Black Lives Matter signs had their windows broken. And I think it's also important for folks to know, so even for the people who are not going to the rallies, to really pay attention to what's happening. Totally. And yeah, and it's um, uh, just because the fascists have their rally in Civic Center, do, or I'm sorry, uh, in uh, Chrissy Field. <laughs> totally <laughs> forget that part. Um, but yeah, just because they have their rally mm -hmm. um, in a certain place um, doesn't mean that's where they're going to stay. Right, right. So um, even if you are going to Civic Center or, you know, one of the other things. Yes. There's still danger. You yeah. Know, like, um, take care, like, seriously, because this is, like, this is a really fucking scary, really fucking dangerous weekend. Yeah, right. right. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I mean, I think there's also just the fact that there are folks doing things in different, like, there's the Harvey Milk one. Or right. The Harvey Milk Plaza, and then there's the one in the Civic Center, which is, yeah, and it's, and then there's folks going to be out in the water, I heard, protesting yeah. there. So, I mean, I'm glad that many folks are coming out in a variety of ways. And also, I feel like really needing a unifying front um, against them would be really good. Yeah, totally. And um, uh, um, Alicia Garza, um, one of the founders of uh, Black Lives Matter, has a post online mm -hmm. where um, I believe her pronouns are she. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Alicia has been saying um, something like, let a thousand flowers bloom. Yeah. You know, just try to make sure they're coordinated. Yes. So, um, you know, uh, we on the left have a tendency to argue amongst ourselves a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a time where it's like, you know, like respect other people's choices. Mm -hmm. You know, like not everyone is able to go to Chrissy Field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and you know if someone's going there don't shame them for being like you know like you're going to Chrissy Field Mm -hmm. and the same for other events if someone's going to Civic Center don't be like what the fuck why are you not here Mm -hmm. um you know like it's what's important is that we are basically showing them on all fronts Mm -hmm. that you know, you guys are fuckers and fuck the fuck off. Yeah. So fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well said. <laughs> that would be a good sign, too. Yeah. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I don't know how many fucks that is, but yeah. Yeah. Oh. Cool. We have a few more minutes. So okay. is there anything else you wanted to, to share in the last couple of minutes? Um, let me take a quick look at my um, my Facebook post to see mm-hmm. if anything stands out. Um Oh, uh, National Lawyers Guild. Yes, yes, yes. their number. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think 415-285-1011. Yes, 415-285-1011. Um, make sure you put that in Sharpie on your arm, on your leg, on um, some part of your body. And make sure it's Sharpie and not pen. Sharpie is uh, less likely to sweat off. Mm-hmm. Um, even Sharpie sweats off, though, so check it periodically Um and fix it if mm-hmm. uh, you can't read it. Um, if you do get uh, arrested and um, about arrest, um, you don't have to be doing anything wrong to get arrested. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Story of America. <laughs> yeah, and there's some. Um, uh, there's this technique that um, cops use called kettling. Mm-hmm. Um, and kettling is basically when they just like sort of like uh, get a group of folks mm-hmm. who are in an area doesn't matter what you're doing or what you've done or anything like that and they just detain them Mm -hmm. um and sometimes they arrest them sometimes they just let them go you know it varies but um but yeah if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time um you could get arrested and if that happens call the national lawyers guilds um you there's a lot of shit about um arrests um that uh probably is too much to go into right now but um but do be aware that arrests are not like they are on tv you know cops aren't necessarily going to mirandize you they're not going to tell you what your charges are they're not going to do any of like you know like any of the law and order shit they're not going to necessarily respect you right totally (laughs) yep um and once you're arrested um uh even folks with privilege you know yes you will be treated better but you're not going to be treated well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you're just going to be like, you're a fucking convict. You're fucking, you know, whatever shit goes through their mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I heard this one story of uh, someone who, white lady, you know, who basically was just completely dehumanized um, because, uh, you know, because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And, um, Yeah, and it's just like cops, you know, like, fuck the cops. You know, like, and that is another key thing is do not talk to cops. Mm -hmm. Listen to them. You know, if they're telling you to do something, do it. Um, You know, like, as far as, like, you know, like, move over here, you know, or whatever, you know, at the event. Um, But, you know, like, don't talk to them unless you have to. You know, like, if uh, another thing of with, uh, if with your group that's good to do in advance is have a police liaison. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who's comfortable talking to c- cops and knows how to talk to cops. And so if a cop comes up to you and goes like, why are you carrying this? Whatever, or, you know, whatever kind of bullshit they mm-hmm. do. Um, just be like, hang on a second. Let me get you my police liaison. Yeah. 
Um, and that takes the pressure off of you. Yeah. And, you know, and that just makes everything. That also has the cops think that you're more organized. Mm -hmm. So they're more likely to treat you um, better. Because mm -hmm. um, they'll be like, shit, these people may know something. Yeah. Because um, they don't want to get sued. They don't want to get um, in trouble either. So um, the more um, organized and the more you look like you know what you're talking about, what you're doing, mm -hmm. um, the better your chances. And um, there are no guarantees. Right. But um, it's all about just trying to increase the chances of uh, keeping yourself safe, keeping yourself out of jail, and, um, you know, getting home safe. Cool. Well, thank you so much for all this information. It's yeah. really helpful. And also, just it's nice to, like, I think for folks to connect and because I think it's easy to, I don't I only speak for myself, but I feel like isolated a lot when I totally this like fear of what's going to happen, even though I can't control the future. So it's really good just, you know, seeing people and being together in community and talking about what we can do to stay together. Totally. Totally. Um, and the last thing I'll just say is I'm, uh, um, I have uh, posts about all this stuff. I'll try to make them uh, a little bit higher on my Facebook page, mm -hmm. but just look for Gwen Park on Facebook. Um, and it's making the rounds, so you may have seen some of these. And I am updating it frequently. Great. Thank you so much, Gwen. Yeah, thank you, Roman. Yeah. All right, All right. everyone. Well, please do do what we can this weekend. I want to say stay safe, although I know that in itself, you know, we can't guarantee that. So encouraging everyone to do what they can to stay safe. Um, so let's see. Okay, so we have a call coming in actually in 10 minutes. So we've got some time. So I'm going to play a bit more music, and then we'll be back in... A little bit. So coming up is a song I heard very recently, and the uh, it's going to take me a second just to pull up. Um, but the the title I think was pretty much necessary in terms of what we're what we've been talking about here with a with a lot of folks, and uh, I had it all all signed ready to go. It's always so, like that. You're like yep. kind of ready to do things. Yes. And then like, you know, like, so yeah, I'm basically just talking to give Roman time. Oh, so, thanks. Thank you, know, you I'm just kind of like talking nonsense and Roman can oh. interrupt me whenever. It's totally great. <laughs> so here's a wonderful song called Fuck Nazi Sympathy from a band called Os Rotten. Give a freedom, cause the dog can give me your eyes. 
Phil Mickelson, pro golfer. I'm Karen. I'm a teacher. Oh no, that was not supposed to happen. We don't do advertisements on this show. We do free. We do free uh, shoutouts to things that we like. Uh, Blackandpink.org support LGBTQ folks who are incarcerated. So apologies for that accidental halfway ad. Playing some music here before we have our call at, at 1:10, and we heard some great punk music. Uh, that was Oi Poloi with Nazi scum. And before that, fuck Nazi sympathizers. So here's another song, a little bit less on the punk side, but maybe inspirational. Uh, here we go. There's a great and a bloody fight around this whole world tonight. In the battle of bombs and shrapnel rain. Hitler told the world around he would tear our union down. But our union's gonna break them slavery chains. And our union's gonna break them slavery chains. I walked up on a mountain in the middle of the sky. Could see every farm and every town. I could see all the people in this whole wide world. That's a union that'll tear the fascists down, down, down. That's a union that'll tear the fascists down. When I think of the men and the ships going down while the Russians fight on across the dawn, there's London in ruins and Paris in chains. Good people, what are we waiting on? Good people, what are we waiting on? So I thank the Soviets and the mighty Chinese vets, the allies the whole wide world around. To the battling British thanks, you can have 10 million yanks If it takes them to tear the fascists down, down, down If it takes them to tear the fascists down, down, down If it takes them to tear the fascists down, down, down 
precious down But when I think of the ships and the men going down And the Russians fight on across the dawn There's London in ruins and Paris in chains Good people, what are we waiting on? Good people, what are we waiting on? So I thank the Soviets and the mighty Chinese vets The allies the whole wide world around To the battling British thanks You can have ten million yanks If it takes them to tear the fascists down, down, down If it takes them to tear the fascists down Put it there, boy, and we'll show these fascists what a couple of hillbillies can do. Well, I'm going to tell you, fascists, you may be surprised. People in this world are getting organized. You're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose.
and welcome back to the weekly review. That was Manic Street Preachers with If You Tolerate This, Then Your Children Will Be Next. It's true! That's why we're at where we're at. People have been tolerating this shit for too long. And people's children are going to be next unless we do something about it. We'll be having a call in a little bit that I would just continue talking because we can and there's a lot to say. Happy to provide some great music for folks. Also, the first song we played today is Ride the Fence by The Coup, which is a great song and also just really calls out folks who sit on the fence don't do much at all. And, you know, it's time to really, uh, time to pick a side. So we have a call coming in any moment now. And here it is. Hello. Hello. Hey, Shay. Thanks for calling in. Oh, yeah. No problem. Hey. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're on the ear, air here. I said ear. It's been it's been quite a show already. We were talking a bit about um, how to prepare for the uh, upcoming rallies here in San Francisco and in Berkeley. So, yeah, it's a lot going on right now. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks for calling in, and I was hoping we could talk a little bit about just your experiences in Charlottesville and Boston and whatever you'd like to share about that, um, considering we'll be having something, not that it's going to be the same thing over here, but perhaps uh, we can we can learn a bit from what you experienced. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, here, uh, let me start at the Torch March. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I got down to Charlottesville, you know, the uh, day of, and I went to this place called Nameless Field that's on the uh, University of Virginia campus, and uh, it was one of the most bizarre fucking things I've ever seen, because it was just like, at first it was like maybe a dozen or a half dozen, like, just these big burly white dudes in polos and khakis, and they were getting the torches ready. And it was just like, as the more came in, you know, it, it became more and more frenzied. So it was like dudes just wanting to taunt journalists that showed up, because there was no counter-processors, so that was the only people who could taunt at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, which Jew media do you work for? Or, Ugh. hey, Jew, you want some shekels? And they, like, threw a quarter at somebody. Jesus. So it just got really frenzied really quick, because then they just, like, took off marching with, you know, as they grew bigger and bigger, and it got to the size of, like, four or five hundred of these just white supremacist motherfuckers. Oh. And they were just charging around the campus, you know, chanting, you know, blood and soil, and, you know, Jews will not replace us. Ugh. It was really intense. Like, that goes up there in, like, you know, scary levels, because that was one of the scariest fucking things I've ever had to photograph, because yeah. it was just so, like, intense and just, like, no, like, shame. And it was just, like, hate on, like, such a, like, broad display. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds terrifying. Well, yeah, because they got to the uh, Thomas Jefferson Monument on the UVA campus, and there was these uh, counter-protesters who surrounded themselves around the statue. Right. And their whole idea was that they were going to like lock down. Uh, I'm not sure if a hard lock or a soft lock, but just you know, lock down around it and get arrested. Yeah. And like these white supremacists just surrounded them and just started chanting "White Lives Matter" as Ugh. they started chanting "Black Lives Matter." Just mm-hmm. like totally drowning out the counter-protesters. And then, like, something happened, and you just saw, like, a flurry of, like, arms and just, like, torches swinging at people. Like, Ugh. I saw, you know, quite a few of the torches, like, snap in half, and you just saw, like, the burning half fly off into the darkness of mm. the night. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just one of those weird fucking things, because, like, after the fight ensued for a while, and, like, somebody used pepper spray, I'm not sure who... 
like the cops came and broke it up like it was like a drunken frat party like there was no like sense of urgency or alarm they were just like oh these kids got out of hand again and you know we have to break up the party like it was just very calm and routine like i think cops do a lot of shit and that was like one of the weirder instances Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah ugh so that and that was like the night before yeah, that was like the night before. Like yeah. that was the night people thought like nothing was gonna happen, and it was like already more intense than what anyone thought could happen. Yeah. So it probably caught a lot of people off guard. Well, yeah, I mean, like me and the other photojournalists who were there, you know, tweeting about it and filing images. That's what really got like a lot of media to come down for the Unite the Right rally, because like all those, even like the big names in media, you know, Reuters, Getty, you know, NBC, all those people saw that and they were like, oh this is really going to be a fucking thing. This isn't like, you know, just like a bunch of, you know, sad white Nazis just in the park doing Roman salutes or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's people who are like, you know, really hate-filled. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, that's the whole thing, too, is just how the media perceives it and how what the media, the stories that the media tells um, after or even during the rallies, too, and the stories that get told. So I appreciate folks like yourself who are actually there to to witness it without trying to spin a certain narrative that ends up giving them the benefit of the doubt. Well, that's one of those things where it's just like you don't even almost have to say anything. Like just people seeing what's happening is what, you know, drives people to like acknowledging that horrible shit like that is happening because it's just like you can't really like spin the narrative of, you know, 400 white guys in polo shirts and fucking tackies, you know, marching down you know, campus, you know, pathways chanting, you know, Jews will not replace us. Like, you don't have to say anything. That's kind of just, you know, a matter-of-fact statement, just them doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so what was your experience like the, in the the following day? Yeah, that was also, that just takes the crazy cake from the previous day's uh-huh. cake. Because I got there, and it was already, like, a full-blown brawl. Like, yeah. that was, like, a fist fight that lasted, like, two hours before Ugh. the cops, you know, pushed everyone out of uh, Emancipation Park. Because when I got there, there was, like, the uh, white supremacists were on the uh, hillside of the park. And they were just, like, tossing smoke grenades into the crowd trying to scare people, which Ugh. in turn made, you know, the Antifa turned that into, like, a new projectile tossing it back at them. So mm-hmm. they had these, like back and forth with, like, smoke grenades, all the while people would have these really, like, horrendous clashes where it was just, you know, Antifa kids with shields and, like, sticks and poles and, like, white supremacists with, like, full-blown riot shields and, like, sticks and bear ma- or not bear mates, but mace. Mm-hmm. And they would just, like, slam into each other, like, something out of, like, uh, Lord of the Rings, where it's just, like, you see everyone impact and then just beat each other. Oh. And then one side or the other would use pepper spray. It would just, like, force it into the match. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after the pepper spray would, like, dissipate a little, then it was, like, straight back at it, just, you know, slamming into each other, beating each other as, like, hard as they <sighs> could. <sighs> like, it was one of those things that, like, you see in movies, and you're like, oh, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, like, Game of Thrones shit, but, like, on a high school budget where it was just, like, plastic shields and like random bits of tubing that people mm-hmm. were just like, you know, using as weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oof. But yeah, one of the stranger things was as the uh, police tried to force people out of the park, there was this stairwell that became kind of like a little like uh, 
flashpoint where as the riot police would shove the white supremacists down the stairs, like the Antifa kids would just, you know, pepper spray Nazis or beat them with sticks and just like force them to like flee the area. Mm-hmm. And like one of the stranger things was the cops didn't really give a shit about the Antifa kids. Like huh. I didn't see any cops fuck with anybody. Huh. Not saying it didn't happen. I'm just right. saying I didn't see any. I see. So they're more. So like... it was this weird thing where it seemed like, not that the cops were on like the left side on this, but they definitely weren't on the Nazi side either. Interesting, huh? They were much more like, "We don't want this to happen, but we really hate you, fucking Nazis, for essentially making this happen." Huh? But it seemed like they actually kind of understood that, like, it's not the left trying to be violent. It's yes. the fact that the left responding to this right wing violence. Right, right. And them being like. We really hate this too, but we're not going to help either of you. We'd much rather just like, you know, have someone get fired for negligence than actually help somebody. Interesting. That's interesting also compared to what's happened in Berkeley, where the Berkeley police have actually been helping the fascists to a degree. So, right, that's what people like walk in that situation expecting. The cops yeah. really were just like, we fucking hate these Nazis. Like, wow. Uh, here, I'll skip a little ahead in this whole story. The next day, as uh, Jason Kessler was trying to do a press conference, oh yeah, trying to, uh, I'm sorry, what? Oh, I was just like laughing at him because, ugh, he's so gross. Anyway, please continue. Oh yeah, well he tried to have a press conference and he got punched in the face like two minutes in. Yeah. And as the police were escorting him away, I was photographing him and I was listening to what the cops were saying. And one cop said to one of the commanding officers said to another one, like, if we just make this problem disappear referring to Kessler, mm-hmm. then all of the protesters will leave. That's really all we have to do. Yeah, so that, yeah. So that was their motive, <laughs> to just be like, okay, just get him out of sight and people will leave because yes. they fucking hate him, but we fucking hate him too. Yeah. Because he was he was begging a cop, being like, can you just take me to my car and let me leave? And they're like, no, that's too far. Like, someone's going to hit you again. Yeah. And he's like, can you put me on your police vehicles? And they're like, no, we're not doing that wow. either. Huh. That so they is... ended up just hiding him in the police department next to the parking garage where DeAndre Harris was beaten by Nazis. And, mm. mm. you know, a very effective form of safe space, it would seem, for Kessler. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, I think that little moment speaks to how the cops really viewed the situation where, you know, obviously the cops were never on, you know, POC side or left side in a real tangible way. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those few times when cops recognize, like, if we just make this stop, it's over. Yes, like, yes. This isn't like a summit or something where the left is actually like trying to halt something. They're yeah. just, they just hate Nazis. And huh. it's something it seems like in a weird way everyone could almost agree upon <laughs> that time. Wow. That is like so like reassuring in, in some ways given you know the history of the police where there is that um, intense distrust, I think, and like the not... Um, so that is... Not, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Again, it was a very weird bedfellows moment. Yeah. Because you know. yeah. I think what affects that is that it's a college town. Like, Charlottesville is, you know, a college town. So I think cops there are, I mean, they're always going to be cops. They're, they're never not going to be cops. But yes. one of those times where I think they, they were even, they were smart enough to realize that this is not, you know, they do not want to be the guys who are on the side of Nazis. Like, no one wants to be friends with the bad guys from Indiana Jones. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, huh. to rewind a little bit. Um, yeah, so as uh, the people got shoved out of the park, it created, you know, more chaos because now you had, like, all these, you know, pods of Nazis roaming around town. 
and just you know clusters of antifa all just marching around trying to catch each other. So it turned like the whole downtown area of Charlottesville into this weird like DMV. Mm-hmm. Because then you had, you know, Antifa marching groups, the Nazis marching groups, and you had, like, roving bands of state police and Charlottesville police, or Virginia state police in riot gear, just kind of marching around town in columns. Like, it was just a bizarre sight. Because it was like, if people remember, like, after 9-11, you had weird stuff like that, where you had, like, state police in places yeah. like New York and, like, yeah, San Francisco. everywhere. Just, like, in pods around yeah. town. yeah. Huh. But, um, yeah, it was weird that all that, you know, DMZ feeling didn't stop uh, James Fields from ramming his car into the crowd killing Heather uh, higher. Mm-hmm. Because I showed up to that a few minutes after it happened because I was at the garage near the police department where Kessler was hidden the next day and the parking garage where DeAndre Harris was beaten. And I was there with a few other journalists, uh, Zach Roberts and Daniel Schuler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we were staying on the street corner, and we just see James Field's car scream by with a fucked up fender. So we like ran the opposite direction, going down the street he came from, and we just saw you know everyone laid out on the ground because it was so bizarre. Because as we were walking down, we heard like screaming and shouting, and we like assumed it was like more like clashes or something but then as you got closer you could hear that it was like it wasn't those kind of screams it was just like agony and pain because mm. i went there and people were just like you know heaving and crying and there was people just lay down on the ground because as i got there the uh street medics and the ems crews that eventually showed up they were still trying to do uh cpr on heather as i you know rolled up mm-hmm it must be difficult in situations like that to be able to to capture you know to witness what's happening and uh and also you know take care of yourself in a way like emotionally yeah i mean what you try to do in those situations or at least what i try to do in situations is not get caught up in the uh riptide emotions you kind of just have to focus on what you need to do to make sure that you know people who aren't there know what, what's happening mm-hmm. because that was a really important thing for people to know that, you know, it was like a Nazi terrorist attack that happened on, you know, U S soil. Like this dude just rammed his car very deliberately and, you know, killed people or he killed, you know, Heather and he injured 19 other people. Yes. Because I watched street medics, you know, rip apart, you know, umbrellas and use flagpoles and splints to get people like two ambulances. Like, you know, I saw EMS and Street Max trying to resuscitate Heather. Like, they were, you know, doing CPR every single time or every single moment until they loaded her in the van. Even when the van door closed, yeah. I saw them still trying to, like, you know, resuscitate her. Because, mm. you know, I think, you know, I think she might have been killed on impact because that whole scene was so horrible. Because, like, on the ground you could see, like, blood and just, like, people's shoes that had gotten knocked off. Ugh. And just like empty contents of bags that got like ripped to half, Ugh. like it was, it was a very horrible sight. Cause yeah. I didn't think the first protest I would, you know, document where someone would die would be, you know, in the United States. Like normally people don't think of it as happening here, mm-hmm. 
But it's, you know, one of the things in retrospect where it's like, oh, yeah, we went to the South and we went to this, you know, Nazi rally and the Nazi fucking killed somebody. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I'm, ugh. I'm taking a moment to, ugh. It's just, it's so horrific. And then also just recognizing this is just some of the violence that they've been doing for hundreds of years. And I think, right, I mean, yeah. it wasn't that long ago that people like the alt-right, you know, wanted to see, you know, black people swing from trees with, you know, nooses around their neck. Like, this is the exact kind of hate that leads to stuff like that, where, it's, you know, people get into a frenzy and start declaring things are okay, or declaring people, you know, the enemy, and then, you know, that's how, like, lynch mobs get formed, is mm-hmm. that hate just festering and people, like, you know, hyping each other up. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. As we, uh, I'm kind of running out, like not running out of things to say about it. Just this kind of acknowledgement of this is the world that we're living in, and you know what best we can do to prevent these these people from continuing on with how they are. Right. I mean, it's a fight that has to be fought on many sides to really combat white supremacy because you know this is clear point evidence that like all the stuff we've done in the past didn't really do that much you know mm-hmm. having a first black president didn't erase you know white supremacy from the yep. country having having people being you know tokenized and elected and all these things it didn't really do anything like there's still you know community work that need to be done to really make make sure that people know that this is not okay yeah and like all the systemic problems like with, you know, policing and with prisons where it's, there's are things that we're not seeing that's still present that need to be dismantled. Right. There's all those, you know, oppressive structures that feed into like, you know, people being oppressed and people feeling, you know, happy that other people are being oppressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. So how did you um, how did you get into uh, photojournalism? Um, I started out with uh, Occupy Wall Street. Like I showed up to Occupy just as like you know a dumb eighteen year old that wanted to see what was up. And as you know, Occupy wound down. Uh, you know, I was trying to find you know what I should be doing because I felt like I could be doing more than just you know screaming at cops and you know running around, you know, like a chicken with my head cut off. Not that there's anything against that, because, you know, we all need a few good lunatics in our life. But uh, in Occupy, I was always friends with a lot of the media people, and it's one of those things I slowly, like, fell into. Like, you know, I got my first camera and started fucking around with it and photographing protests. Like, the first protest I photographed was the uh, response march in New York to uh, the decision not to indict George Zimmerman for mm-hmm. murder charges. Yeah. Like that was the day I got my camera and that was the first protest I photographed. So like ever since, you know, that horrible incident, I've just like, you know, I've just been pushing myself harder and harder and harder to, you know, tell better stories to let people know what's actually happening. So people can, you know, make honest decisions based on, you know, honest information given to them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important because I feel it's, I mean, part of the battle is just getting the truth out there and people are being misinformed and then they are, it's, then they're defending murderers and it's really frightening. 
Right. I mean, that's the whole point of, you know, a free press so people can actually see what's really happening. Yes. And, you know, stuff like Charlottesville is a really good example where it's like, if had no one showed up to that, God knows how horrible the Unite the Right rally would have turned out to be. Mm-hmm. If people didn't really understand that and really see what those dudes are doing and how they are acting, God knows how horrible that could have gotten. Yes. You know, God knows, you know, if more people could have died or something even worse. Yes, yes. Uh, so how is um, Boston then compared to to Charlottesville? Because I did hear of some folks getting arrested there um, pretty brutally. Um, but a lot of what we're hearing is just the, the positive side, which is the, that the folks kind of outnumbered the fascists. Yeah, I mean, Boston was a much more celebratory tone overall because there was about, you know, 20,000, 25,000 counter-protesters to about 40, 50, you know, right-wing protesters. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that, you know, their whole free speech rally got ended at about, like, 1230 which is about half an hour after it was supposed to start. So, you know, they got shut out pretty quick. What caused the point of contention was when they, the police tried to evacuate the right-wing protesters and armored police vans. Uh, that caused a really big contention because there's a lot of people from the uh, poor neighborhoods in Boston and the surrounding towns that came out and wanted to do a blockade of the vans leaving because they were like, dude, this is bullshit. This is you guys still supporting, you know, white supremacy by letting these guys get their special police escort. And for the first time in a very, very long time, Boston came out in, you know, riot gear, and they just started beating people back. Like, Mm. there's some pretty horrible images I've taken where it's just, you know, them beating old ladies and, you know, throwing people to the ground. Like, they injured, you know, a few photojournalists just by slamming them to the ground and grabbing people by the uh, the back of the neck and just throwing them. Ugh. Because they came out about, you know, 200 riot cops deep, and Boston doesn't do that. Like, they didn't do that during Occupied, or at least never to my knowledge. Like, as like, all of these beatings were happening, I would try to talk to people, and, like, this isn't what Boston cops do, right? Like, they never show up like this. They're like, no. The last time they did this is because of a fucking baseball game, and they beat a woman to death that time. Oh, shit. Yeah, I believe that was in 2004, 2005, after, like, a Red Sox game, you know, <sighs> like... You know, it wasn't even a woman who's in the crowd. It was a woman mm. who was just trying to get out of the area, and a cop just cracked her fucking skull open. Ugh. So, you know, people were really upset, because like, people who had been around long enough to remember that were like, you guys can't handle whatever you're doing. Yeah. And even newcomers were like, why is this happening? Boston never does this. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of people, you know, black and Latino and queer people who, you know, They've been, a lot of them have been fucked with. Like, I talked to a lot of them. All of them had either been fucked with themselves or had a close person next with them, you know, fucked with by the cops. Mm-hmm. And these are the same cops who decided to come out in riot gear just to let the right-wingers, you know, leave in their special police escort. Mm. Which made, you know, this whole thing ensue from what could have been, you know, a five-minute exit if they had just walked out into, like, you know, a half hour of a, you know, a three-block-long street battle where it ended with cops, you know, just... Wa- swinging billy clubs wildly in the middle of the street and trying to ram, you know, Boston PD Harleys to the crowd until they eventually just, like, forced the vans out. Because people didn't give up trying to block the vans, even as, like, it was one or two people. Like, I saw this one really brave guy standing in front of the police van charging at him, mm. you know, just, like, trying to stop the van, you know. At this point, it's, you know, it's that 
fight, but still, like, no, we're going to show you that none of us think this is okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they were, like, beating people with over-the-head swings to the head and stuff, like, doing all these, you know, horrendous over, you know, overreaching police, you know, acts of violence, just, you know, trying to, you know, assert who's in, you know, who's in control of the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh, they're so fucking fragile. Right. I mean, I left that with, you know, someone's blood on my hands. You know, like, that got really bloody really quick because the cops just wanted to make sure that everyone knew who was in control. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. But, yeah. I mean, both events show, like, how white supremacy is very prevalent. Yep. This nation. yep. You know, and weirdly, in one side, in Charlottesville, we have the police that are kind of just like, fuck it, if you guys want to fight, fight. And then you have Boston, where it's, you know, they're very, you know, controlling, and they're like, we will assert uh, our dominance just to make sure that you guys don't feel like you decide this is over. Uh-huh. Hmm. So you're really seeing, like, two sides of the police in that instance of just, you know them in weird ways assisting and not assisting white supremacy and just kind of making things even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I think for for San Francisco, I've heard that the whole police force they're saying is going to be out at Chrissy Field, although there's also going to be rallies at Civic Center and Harvey Milk Plaza. So there's going to be a lot of different events happening tomorrow and so it'll be interesting to see how the police are dispersed throughout the city although i would imagine the majority of them will be at chrissy field i imagine as well um you know i imagine they'll probably do the same thing as many other states and bring out the california state police Mm -hmm. which you know probably will not make things better no since you know people in cali are very you know real when it comes to opposing things they don't like yeah you know, you can look back in history at, you know, all of the protests that happened at Berkeley from, you know, the anti-apartheid ones to Occupy. So I'm sure you guys are, you know, willing and ready for whatever happens. And, you know, I hope everyone stays safe. Remember, always use the buddy system. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were just discussing that earlier. Yeah. yeah. Again, the buddy system has saved my life several times. It is an invaluable thing. Like, if you have nothing else on you, at least have your buddy. Yes, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a message for folks to to take with them tomorrow and then also on Sunday. I think a lot of us also since there's the two back-to-back rallies. And so they didn't they didn't get the permit for Berkeley on Sunday, although there still is the belief they're going to show up anyway. But I feel a lot of us and people have been training for both and at the same time it's hard to say what's going to happen on Sunday um until we know what happens on Saturday. Right. I mean, not unlike Charlottesville, where it's like, you know, Friday night was the determining factor of what happened for Saturday. It seems like for you guys, Chrissy Field tomorrow is going to be the determining tone of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And then also folks are talking about there's like the boxing match. I don't really follow sports, but there's supposed to be like this boxing match that's supposed to get folks riled up as well on uh, Saturday oh, that's not well. the Mayweather-McGregor fight, is it? Yeah, yeah. So oh, f- fuck me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So folks are talking about um, that as well. Just, uh, oh, yeah. Well, you guys are in for a weekend. I know the eyes of the world are really on you guys this mm-hmm. weekend to see what happens. Yeah. So, you know, I think you guys are going to be around for the next really big I mean, one of the very many horrible historic moments this country has had this year, you know, everywhere from, you know, January 20th to now. So, mm-hmm. 
my heart goes out to everyone who's willing to go out there and stand against white supremacy, you know, both protesting and documentation-wise, because that's probably going to get bad. Yeah. Well, it are, I mean, the thing is, it already is bad, so it's just coming out in more overt ways, I think. Right. Well, I mean, bad's a very relative term. Yeah. This time last year, we would have never imagined any of this shit happening. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, bad can go to worse, but totally fucked real quick. Yep. Ugh. Oof. <laughs> wow. Well, we have a couple more minutes left. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share, or words of wisdom, or encouragement, <laughs> or things that you picked uh, up that you'd like to? Oh uh, yeah, sure. I can share more? some words of, uh, I guess, encouragement. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should always. I, my whole thing is always tell people, you know, do the right thing. You yeah. Know? That can mean a lot of different things, but, you know, always try to do the right thing. If you're, you know, a protester or a document, uh, documentarian with, like, photos or videos, always just try to stick with the, you know, the right people and, you know, do the right thing. Be where you need to be. You know, stand against what you need to stand against because, you know, the only people who are going to save people like us are people like us. You know, wow. the state's not going to help you. The police aren't going to help you. The congressman, the president, none of these people are going to help us. Like, all the things we've gotten in this country, and for a better part of the world, everything from, you know, the fucking weekend to, you know, desegregation, it took people at grassroots level fighting against that stuff and, you know, or fighting against or for that stuff to really prove a point and, you know, get those things and make, you know, the unimaginable, you know, real and tangible. So, you know, just, you know, keep it 100 and just keep going. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Shay. I really appreciate you you calling in and definitely lots to think about as well and consider for this weekend. Right, yeah. I'll definitely be watching on, on the live streams and Twitter this weekend like many other people, Yeah. you know, hoping for the best, but, you know, expecting the worst and, you know, trying to make sure I'm braced for that. Right. Cool. All right. Is there anything you'd like to promote or any, like, personal, like, websites or uh, news or places folks can check out your work uh yeah sure i just came out with a piece about charlottesville and boston if you'd like to read more into what it, you know i thought of the whole thing in the more long form mm-hmm. uh you can go to the ground truth project i was featured on there as an emerging photographer if you just go there i'm on the front page or just google the ground truth project shay horse and you'll find it um if you'd like to follow my work more closely you can follow me on twitter and instagram i'm at Hunted Horse on both of those, or you can follow me on Facebook, Shay Horse. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Shay. No problem. It was great being able to come on here and share my experiences in you know, an uncensored way, just so everyone could really hear how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. We need more of that. Indeed. All right. Well, take care and uh, give our love to New York. Will do. You got all of you guys. Stay safe this weekend. Thank because, you. Because you know these guys are not playing around. They feel victimized for the first time in their tiny white lives. So expect the worst, but you know always stick with your people. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much to Shay for calling in. Thank you to Gwen Park for being here earlier. Uh, yeah. Oh. Ah. I have more sounds than I do words. Uh. Lots of feelings about this upcoming weekend. Uh, Folks, do stay together. Do what you can. Uh, Be courageous. Look out for one another. (sighs) We'll, We'll defeat this together. 
So coming up next on Mutiny Radio is Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Hopefully we'll be back next week, next Friday. And uh, just take care of each other, and we'll see you then. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Thank you.
Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run. Run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee slapping, side splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hey there, 
San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Anything you try has already been done before, and there's nothing really you can do about it. So remember to avoid taking risks and to whisper into feathers together in the dark. It's the right thing to do, and viewers like you. When the circus is in town, it's time for a train ride. The best circus town train rides are the dependable ones that'll depart and arrive on time. The ones that'll take you from clown to trapeze quad elephant, see? But come on the train with the circus promise. It's intense. Listen to Shaggy's Soul Shakedown Party tonight. All right, folks, as you know, as you know, Shaggy's Soul Shakedown is every Thursday. Every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. here on MutinyRadio.fm. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to JohnStraussLaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was 